Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the Monster Mash. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast, the 2022 Halloween special. You know, hearing that song, it makes me realize that there's songs for Halloween, there's songs for Christmas, there's a song for your birthday, there's songs for Hanukkah, there's songs about or for the 4th of July. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. There are songs, or at least a song, Old Lang Syne, for New Year's Eve, but I can't think of a single song for Thanksgiving, which is a pretty significant holiday. That seems odd. I mean, this is not the Thanksgiving special. I'm not going to go down that road. It just occurred to me. Now, originally, I was not planning on doing any more holiday specials this year, primarily because I did specials on Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas last year, and I didn't want to rehash a bunch of the same stuff. So while there might be a little bit of repeating information in this episode, episode from last year. I realized that last year I had a guest on the show, my friend Stevie Cade, so it was more conversational, less educational or show prep based, so I thought there's probably a lot of stuff I didn't discuss last year that would give me enough for an episode this year, so let's see how that goes. I do want to give a quick update in regards to my novel. I am slacking. I'm on my third pass of editing. I know I need to do at least a fourth or a fifth. My goal was to hopefully have it available for release on Amazon by Thanksgiving-ish, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Hopefully, maybe by Christmas, but, you know, I don't want to rush getting it right, making sure the draft and the final version that I put out there is 150% free of errors and using all of the proper context and grammar that I would like it to use to flow and be consistent. However, I am motivated to get this thing released, say that I finally have a published novel, and also just put a check mark next to this creative project so that I can move on to the next one. Granted, a lot of times I move on to a new creative project before I finished another one. This might explain why I have a novel that's finished but not released. I have a full-length music album that's been finished for almost two years, not released, because there's, you know, little things that you need to do to fine-tune to make it ready for release, but you've done all the heavy lifting, the hard work, the creative of writing the book or writing the songs, typing the book, recording the songs, editing the book, editing and producing the songs. And then you have just this little bit left that you got to do to make it ready for release. But by that point, you're kind of sick of the project. However, I believe in the book, so I am going to have more free time. As I mentioned last week, I've recently started back with the music school that I am a teacher at. Well, now the music director. And this week has been very busy with trying to change a few things around, improve the school. And I just spent a lot of time either in the school or at home typing up a slew of ideas. So that's eaten into a bit of my time in addition to doing the podcast, but now that a lot of those ideas and things are being addressed in this first week, I'm hoping in the next few days I will be able to hunker down, at least get through this third pass edit, and then who knows, maybe one more pass will be all I need. I don't want to overthink it, but I'm not being published with an editor or an agent. I don't have some professional team combing through it with a fresh set of eyes. Papers, creepers, 
Where'd you get those creepers? Creepers, creepers. Where'd you get those eyes? So anyway, let's go ahead and move into our Halloween special 2022. Really quick, I want to remind everybody you can go follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. I will say that in the last week on TikTok, I've actually released several like three-minute-long videos that are behind the scenes of how I edit and produce the podcast. So if you're at all interested in just seeing the behind the scenes, or if you're maybe interested in doing your own podcast and you want some pointers and tips, please. Please go check out my TikTok. I would appreciate a follow again at Jeff Becomes Jeff, trying to get up to a thousand followers so that I can start doing live videos on TikTok where maybe I'll broadcast the actual live recording of when I record an episode of the podcast, or I can do a full one hour live editing session if I want to. But please, please, please go to TikTok, find at Jeff Becomes Jeff. And give me a freaking follow. It's not too much to ask. All right, so jumping right into the topic. So some of this is going to be a little rehashed. I did go and look at the show prep, which was very little that I had made for the Halloween episode last year with Stevie Cade. And typically my show prep is very minimal when I have a guest because I want it to be more conversational, less bullet points or talking items, just more launching off points. However, I'm going to give you a quick recap from my notes last year. Me all Always loving a good educational moment, but we're going to talk about really quickly the origins of Halloween. So it started with the Irish, the Celtic people, in the 9th century, so that would be the 800s. And back then, New Year's was actually celebrated on November 1st, kind of a change of season and end of harvest type of thing. So thus, that would make October 31st kind of like New Year's Eve, but they didn't really celebrate New Year's Eve. Instead, they celebrated Samhain. It's a Celtic word, Samhain. It means the Lord of the Dead, the end of summer, the festival. Which was this night, right before the new year, at the end of the harvest, where the lines between the dead and the living, they were blurred, and often thought that the dead could come back to life for that one night. So on Sam Hain, on October 31st, the Celts would light bonfires and wear animal heads as masks and animal skins. In just some ritual, they would burn crops and they would burn animals as a sacrifice to their gods. So then a couple hundred years later, in 1000 AD, the Catholic Church dubbed November 2nd All Souls Day. And this was to commemorate the dead. And basically they were trying to override the Celtic tradition of Samhain because they saw it as evil and demonic. So what did the Catholic religion do to clean up All Souls Day? Well, on November 2nd, these Christians would wear costumes and light bonfires. Sorry, Christians, you're not exactly winning points for originality. You just stole their fucking idea, rebranded it, and made it more lame. Fast forward a long time till about the 1800s, at which point Irish immigrants would bring the tradition of Samhain slash Halloween to the United States, and that kind of started the tradition of going around door to door and asking your neighbors for food or money, or if you received neither, sorry you didn't want to just willy-nilly give me food and money, here's a prank for your house. 
I'm not going to get into all the details of the commercialization of Halloween in the early 1900s, where candy became involved and these cheap costumes, but obviously we know that, you know, nowadays, trick-or-treat, it is a commercial holiday. I assure you that candy manufacturers, this is their biggest time of the year because everyone's buying candy to give to other people. How often do you buy candy to give to yourself, let alone a giant bag of it? So it's possible that if, you know, the tradition changed for trick-or-treat to give something other than candy, we might see a lot of candy companies just completely go bankrupt. I would have to imagine that the month of October is probably as much as they make the rest of the year combined. I don't know that for a fact. This is purely conjecture. Sure. Honestly, you know, trick-or-treat's kind of gotten a little lame in my opinion. And where I live, it's almost always very cold, windy, and rainy. And then the kids have to wear like a big winter coat over their costume, which kind of defeats the purpose. Also, the fact that parents are so fearful for their children being out after dark. Well, Halloween tends to start when there's still almost 90 minutes of daylight left. Or at least an hour of daylight and then maybe another 20 plus minutes of dusk. So you really only end up with like the last half hour of trick-or-treat being in the dark. And in my neighborhood, because I'm in a rural area, rural, and my neighborhood is not close to other neighborhoods, so there's no like conjoining, everyone's already made a full pass through my neighborhood by about an hour, hour and 15 minutes into trick-or-treat, which is two hours long. So it's pointless to actually stay out there for the entire two hours because you might get one kid every 10 or 15 minutes after the first hour is over. And there's a good chance those kids have just gone around for a second time. But again, it's just become so commercial. I mean, you look at some of these costumes, there's not a whole lot of creativity needed. I mean, back when I was growing up, you had a handful of masks or costumes that you could actually choose from. Everything after that, your parents were basically making your costume or you were coming up with shit. Nowadays, you have these Halloween stores located like 10 minutes apart in every major metropolitan area or outlying suburbs with thousands of costumes and combinations. No one has to actually think. They just have to buy. Give me your money. No creativity for you. I just want your money. Yes, commercial holiday, but pretty much all of them are. Tired of waking up ready for Halloween? Get rid of that scare old mattress. Bring home a Simmons Beauty Sleep mattress set starting at just $3.99 or treat yourself to a Tempur-Pedic and get up to a $300 Visa gift card. This spectacular sale going on now. So one thing I love about Halloween or just in general the month of October is I'm a big fan of horror movies. So I always tend to try and watch a lot of horror movies in the month of October. There's been years where I went on a mission to find a different horror movie every single day for 31 days of course culminating in a viewing of the original Halloween by John Carpenter on October 31st. Because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. But for the previous 30 days, my goal would be to find movies that I'd never seen before. And I've seen a lot of horror movies, so that's hard. Or rather, it means I may have to watch movies that suck. And yes, of course, I would pepper in some of my favorites, which we will be discussing here shortly. I do want to point out, last week I talked about how I had started the movie Eraserhead the night before recording last week's episode, and was going to finish it the next night. I finished it. It was still really cool. The second half of the movie was perhaps weirder and more bizarre than the first half, which was hard to do. But overall, still, two thumbs up. If I could grow a third thumb and give it three thumbs up, I would. 
So in my endeavor to find horror movies that I've never seen before, I'm not watching a new horror movie every day this year. I just don't have time for that. But I've, I've watched a handful. But there was a movie that, you know, it's gotten great reviews, 88% fresh rating or rather audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the general rating from the critics or whatever they call the fresh rating was like 87%. So really high rated called The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. So I watched that the other night and, well, started to watch it, made it maybe, I don't know, a little over halfway through, gave up. Spoiler alert. The Black Phone sucks. It relies on the use of a lot of child actors, and for the most part, in this day and age, child actors are really good. I mean, compared to like the 80s and 90s or even before that, there is a lot more natural talent with childhood actors. Now, that might be due to the fact that they have a iPad at the age of two being pushed through Kroger by mom, and they're used to seeing all of these videos and TV shows and emulating other child actors. However, it seems the casting folks for The Black Phone went out of their way to find the most untalented actors they could find for the childhood roles. It was painful to watch. So my advice would be if you haven't seen it, don't. And for all of those 88% of the audience members on Rotten Tomatoes that gave it such a good rating, clearly there are a lot of people that are easily entertained. So another movie that I've watched recently that was a brand new movie to me, because it's a brand new movie, is the recent remake of the movie Hellraiser. Not sure if they're considering it a reboot, a remake, a sequel that ignored everything but the first one. There's so many variations now to ways that people can make movies without actually coming up with a new idea. I've lost track. But as a fan of the original Hellraiser, like huge fan and a huge fan of Clive Barker in general, I own many of his books. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> I was really digging the new Hellraiser. It was pretty, 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 pretty awesome. I felt like it captured a lot of the spirit of the original, but maybe took out some of the weird corniness or the fact that there wasn't really a whole lot of special effects available back when the first Hellraiser was made, which I'm going to assume was, I don't know, mid to late 80s. I'll, I'll just throw a dart at the wall and see if it sticks, and I'll check myself after the fact. 1987. That is Correct. Anyway, if you're a fan of horror movies, you don't mind a little gore, that was a really good movie. Go check it out. Don't remember what it's on. Might be like Hulu. That is correct. Also, the other movie that I watched recently that, I guess it's a Halloween movie, it's a brand new movie, so also a new movie for me, that would be Rob Zombie's attempt at making a Munsters movie. So based on the Munsters TV show, the old black and white TV show, which was a classic. I watched it a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't think the show needed to be in black and white. It wasn't that old. They just made it in black and white, kind of like a racer head, because it felt like it fit the theme of the show. But I will say, the Munsters, first time I watched it, made it about 10 minutes into the movie and said, sorry, this is way too corny, way too cheesy. I can't do it. Damn it, Rob Zombie. You ruined the fucking Munsters. Then 
my buddy Stevie Cade, who was, ironically enough, on last year's episode of the Halloween special of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. He has a channel on YouTube called Film Trigger, and he does a lot of movie reviews, like, multiple times every week. And he did a review of that movie, and when he saw my hateful post toward the Munsters, he said, dude, just give it another chance. I thought the same thing. Just go watch it again. And boy, it was hard for me to do so. But I did it, and holy shit that I love that movie. Once you realized it's filmed like a sitcom, but without the laugh track, and it's supposed to be kind of corny and silly like the original show. You're expecting it's Rob Zombie. You're expecting like some evil version of the Munsters. It is not that at all, but it is brilliantly done in my opinion. I am going to watch it again. So I'm going to give you my top 10 horror movies. I'm sure this is not a comprehensive list. I didn't spend that much time and there's probably shit I'm forgetting about. And let me point out, this is not a top 10 in order. These are just the 10 that I would say fall in to top 10, whether they're one, five, 10, three, seven, you get the point. So first, while speaking of Rob Zombie, the movie, A House of a Thousand Corpses, I believe this was Rob Zombie's first film making attempt. That is correct. And holy shit, is it awesome. It is one of my favorite horror movies ever. He's made a lot of cool shit, but honestly, I think that is his best horror movie or movie in general that he's ever made. He remade the Halloween franchise... I don't know, 10 years ago, and only did two movies from the comments and reviews I'm seeing about the third movie in the new reboot, Halloween Ends. Apparently, they went one movie too long. He also made a really cool movie, which is very Halloween-based, 31. Very, very messed up movie, very twisted. Rob Zombie has a very good knack at making a modern movie that looks like a movie from the 70s and feels like a movie from the 70s. Essentially, you know, when classic horror was being introduced to mainstream society. All right, the next one I have is the Blair Witch Project. So the original Blair Witch Project, there was something about this movie, like the concept of filming from a first-person perspective that was like almost unheard of at the time. And I remember going to see the Blair Witch Project on the night that it came out and was released, and honestly, going into that theater, I didn't know if this was a movie that was a documentary or was it fiction. They made entire TV shows and documentaries documentaries leading up to the release that were on like Discovery or TLC or I don't know, whatever, where it was talking about the cast of the film in past tense, like all of it had actually happened. It was a whole secondary production to build up the first production. It was amazing. And even now, knowing that it was just fiction, still an awesome movie and still makes your heart pump, makes your snot dribble. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. And cold. And hunted. Next, we have the original Halloween... 
which I mentioned is typically the movie that I watch on Halloween night. Not trick-or-treat night, Halloween night. The level of suspense and just mental fuckery in this movie is amazing. That's what I love about it. That's why I'm not a big fan of all the CGI and special effects. I like more when the audience has to imagine and picture a lot of stuff. Also, I am a huge fan of the 2003 remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember the first time I watched this movie, it was nighttime, early nighttime, but you know, like fall, so the sun was already down, maybe late evening. Why are you telling us so much about the time of day, Jeff? I don't know, I'm sorry. Anyway, I watched this movie with the lights on in my house, and this freaked me out so much, I had to go do something after the movie was over, and I was just like paranoid about every hallway I went down, going to get my keys, I hope someone doesn't kill me. And it's very rare for me to ever say that a remake of a movie or even a cover of a song is ever better than the original. Because without the original, the cover or the remake could not exist. That is correct. So how can it be better? Also a huge fan of the movie Poltergeist. Yes, the original. The Steven Spielberg movie. But that movie freaked me out as a kid. Sequels, well, first sequel was okay. After that, not so much. But the original, brilliant. The Thing by John Carpenter. Another John Carpenter movie. But this was an awesome movie. Not really a Halloween movie, but a horror movie, I guess. If you've never seen the movie The Thing, it sounds like such a stupid title for a movie, but... Man, the movie is awesome. Also, if you don't like the retro effects of an old movie, they made a sequel. That's right, a sequel to this movie that picks up literally in the same frame that the previous movie, the original The Thing, took place. And that movie was filmed, I don't know, like 30 years earlier? So here's a remake of a movie, but not really. It is the telling of the story right after the previous movie ended, despite being filmed decades later. And because both stories take place on like an arctic outpost that's very isolated both stories were able to be similar so they were able to kind of do a remake call it a sequel i don't know either way both versions very good but the original damn all right this one may seem a little cheesy i felt a little dirty putting this on my list but the original yes the original paranormal activity again this kind of goes back to the blair witch project thing where it was like this whole non-filmmaking process like you're seeing personal videos private videos of people that are now, after the fact, edited and pieced together to make a movie, but this wasn't done by a film crew, this really happened. Now, of course, I never believed while watching that movie like I did with Blair Witch that this might actually be real, but the filmmaker made it feel real. That's their job. Creep Show by Stephen King. Boy, do I love this movie. It's like short little vignettes. Yes, I use the word vignettes, Yay! but short little, I don't know, there's like three, four, I'm trying to think in creep show you've got i want my cake you've got ted dancing underwater on a beach drowning to death covered in seaweed i'm gonna get you you hear me richard you hear me richard i'm gonna get you Hold your breath there, Harry. You've got the monster under the stairs at the university. 
call you Billy. If I'm forgetting anything, any vignette, then I apologize. But anyway, three very cool, short little movies written by, of course, Mr. Stephen King. Okay, I have a couple more here. Cabin in the Woods. This movie is brilliant. It is both horror movie and comedy and just weird. Weird in a good way. Not like weird as in artsy. Like they incorporate this almost commercial movie approach with a horror movie. It's hard to explain if you've never seen Cabin Cabin in the Woods. If you've seen it, you know what I mean, and you probably also think awesome friggin' movie. Finally, I would put Hellraiser in this list, and honestly, I'm not sure if I would pick the original or the new one. That's how much I like the new one. Again, I would probably default to, well, if the original didn't exist, then neither would the follow-up, but this is based on a story. It's not like someone wrote this specifically for a screenplay for a movie. This was a Clive Barker story. So it could have been adapted with a different take decades later without the first movie having ever been made. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know where I lean. It's, I'm really torn. You have chosen the lament configuration. You'll notice that I didn't put any, like, Freddy movies on here or Friday the 13th. And I'll be honest, when I was growing up, it was always one of those things like, are you a Freddy guy or a Jason guy? And I was always a Freddy guy. Didn't care about Friday the 13th movies. Never watched them that much. But Freddy, I was all in. Sadly, watching Freddy movies back nowadays, there is a lot of cheese and corniness to the way the movie was made. So for that reason, didn't make it into the top 10. Sorry, Freddy. Welcome to my world, bitch. And some of you might be wondering, well, Jeff, how do you enjoy paranormal movies? Because you don't believe in ghosts. Oh, well, oh the God. same way that I can enjoy a movie about time travel or Star Wars or Westworld, at least the early seasons, or Game of Thrones, uh, at least the early seasons, I can enjoy a movie about the paranormal without having to believe it, as long as the filmmaker does a good job of convincing me that the shit is real for the next two hours. Before moving on, let me tell you some things I hate in horror movies. Instead of listing the horror movies that I think suck balls, I'm going to list the things I hate in horror movies. This is going to cover a lot of them. Cliches like, you know, the black person dying first or a virgin surviving. I'm not a big fan of people who attempt to create twists just for the sake of twists. Oh, I love a good twist, but I don't want so many twists through the movie trying to throw me off the scent that by the time the final finger quotes twist is revealed that I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that coming 87 minutes ago before your first of 47 twists. Also, not a big fan of just cheap jump scares in a horror movie. I like the tension. I like feeling like I don't know what's going to happen and I jump just because my body is releasing tension, not because something jumped out into the screen purposefully to scare me. Maybe that's the same reason I'm not a big fan of the haunted houses that people pay to go to during Halloween season. That's all jump scare. That's all that is. Constant jump scare. Jump scare. Jump scare. Jump scare. Jump scare. Jump scare. <laughs> Don't like it. Not for me. But going back to my perspective on the paranormal, let me explain to you why ghosts don't exist. First, let's talk about all the documented proof of ghosts.
Right. Even though there's TV shows every single Halloween, like countless of them, hunting ghosts and using all the special equipment, they don't get shit. I mean, yeah, you'll hear a little noise or something that they make sound creepy, but you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. And if a place was truly horrifically haunted, guarantee you these people would not be hanging out in these dark, dank basements. They are surrounded by a bunch of people, a lot of cameras, a budget, a requirement to make sure that every single episode has something interesting. Couldn't just be eight episodes where nothing fucking happens. Then the ninth episode, holy shit. Nope. Something has to happen in every episode. That's not realistic. Because it's not possible. Because ghosts don't exist. I know this is in somewhat conflict with faith-based people. I apologize. Not my intent. I'm giving my perspective and I'm not trying to sway you. But if you think you're going to be a ghost or a spirit after you die, I want you to think about the fact that you can't even control your subconscious every night in your dreams. Your dreams do whatever the hell they want. You can't control your subconscious because your consciousness can be turned off. Your brain is the reason why you have logic, memory, communication, emotion. When your brain dies, that shit goes away. Honestly, without the brain, even if you did become a ghost, you would be completely lost. You'd be completely silent. You would be incapable of fear, hope, happiness, or the perceived constant emotion of heaven, love. You wouldn't even recognize the people when you get to heaven that were your family because that part of your brain is gone. Also, the whole idea of a ghost having a face or a human form doesn't make any sense. The body is gone. The head is gone. Why would the spirit embody a body that ain't no more? Really, at this point in this day and age, the idea of what we all think of as a ghost or a demon, that's pretty predefined because of media and movies and TV shows. We all think we know what a ghost encounter would be like, but do we? Because again, there's no documented proof of a ghost encounter with all of this technology. So how do we know? And really, along those lines, that's kind of like faith, because the idea of believing in a ghost is the same as believing in the afterlife. But let me point this out. If you believe in ghosts here on earth, maybe that kind of cancels out your belief in heaven. How can they both exist? Either you're a ghost in heaven or hell, or you're a ghost on earth. Oh yeah, don't forget about purgatory. Okay, maybe purgatory, you know, that's the little rule. The holding cell for people who were not that good, but not that bad. If I believed in an afterlife, that's probably where I'm guessing I would go. But going back to the whole issue of the human brain, there really is no way to have consciousness when you die. I believe I mentioned this maybe last episode, but if you could have consciousness after death, there would be no such thing as like comas or memory loss or amnesia because the consciousness of your spirit or your soul would override your body. It doesn't need your body. But scientifically, your brain pretty much provides your body with its existence, its thoughts, its feelings, its memories. And maybe when we die, maybe there's an energy in us because our brain is powerful by some magical energy, like a human battery. What? Don't understand that one yet, but maybe an energy is released, but I don't believe it carries all of the consciousness or the body form of a ghost. Let's talk about demons and how they don't exist. Okay, now I'm not going to talk about this because I don't need to talk about it. Demons don't fucking exist, people. No such thing. Don't need to do show prep. There's no such thing as demons, Timmy. Now go to sleep. But, Daddy! 
How about vampires? Do they exist? No, of course vampires don't freaking exist. They didn't even first show up in folklore until like the 1700s. The first time anyone ever wrote about a vampire in English literature was 1819. The whole idea of a vampire hasn't been around that long. I am Dracula. What about werewolves? Well, also don't exist. But unlike vampires, werewolf stories were told long time ago, going back as far as 2100 BC. That would be almost 4,000 years ago? That is correct. Also, there were lichens, L-Y-C-A-N-S, a term for werewolf, described in Greek mythology. So that dates back pretty far as well. However, don't exist. Don't have to worry about werewolves. You're cool. What about Frankenstein? Actually, Frankenstein is the only one we really have to be worried about because we've got artificial intelligence. We've got genetics and cloning. We've got the ability to probably create a Frankenstein. Alive. It's alive! It's alive! And if we had to use artificial intelligence to fuel the brain, that would be fucked up and a complete violation of everything that flies in the face of religion, faith, and God. But don't think that's too far off, people. So, Frankenstein, not real yet. My name is not Frankenstein. That is the name of my creator, you jackass. My name is Frankenstein's monster. But my friends just call me Steve. Okay, I don't have much more to talk about with Halloween. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I want to wish you all a very happy, spooky, creepy Halloween from the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Please go follow me on TikTok. I need follows, people. Follow, follow, follow at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Until next time, I'm Jeff. It's Jeffman's party. Good night. Went to the devil and I prayed. And I showed him the mess that I made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of Fire And said, can you turn the heat a little higher? Cause I've been burned and I've been burned a million times over Covered me with water So I went to the Lord of the sea Said, won't you come wash over me Cause the roads and the woods Have been winding a million times over But she receded from
went to the devil looking He said, I don't really want to be your friend I've been tried and I've cried and I'm done crying And then I laughed in his face And then I saw the guy on fire He said, you don't need to keep me alive Cause I've been burned so many times I'm like lava And then I covered him with water From the lake You have chosen the Lament Configuration.